Hi, and welcome to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. I'm Judy. Welcome back if you've been with us before, and if you haven't, welcome, welcome, welcome. Selling in a Skirt is all about connection, community, and relationships. It's about empowering professional women, and it's also about encouraging men to not only be a champion for, but advocate and sponsor for and with women. What I love most about this is that I get to meet the most incredible men and women and work with them, whether it's behind the mic or whether it's out in the field. So let's talk about what we're going to do today. It is my absolute great pleasure to introduce you to Scott Heinela. Now I'm going to read Scott's, I'm going to read just a little bit of his bio because I want him to tell you all about him. So Scott started his insurance career in 2001, dedicating his time to assisting insurance and financial advisors and their clients within the three facets of protective portfolio planning, annuities, life insurance, and long-term care insurance. He's currently the director of Producers Choice Network, a wholesale insurance distributor and marketing firm. And he's also the president and founder of Prism Wealth Preservation Optimized Wealth Strategies, a professional financial insurance services firm specializing in working with pre-retirees, retirees, and business owners. He's got us all covered. <laughs> and host of the Optimized Advisor podcast. So I'm gonna let him tell you all about him what I didn't tell you, something that's not on his bio. So. Hi, Scott. We're excited to have you. So tell everybody what you do, why you love what you do, and, and why you're doing this. I could answer that in many, many different ways. However, I'll, I'll use the story of how I got into this business. So you, 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 you made the note 2001. And if you remember, 2001 was probably not the greatest of markets. I had grad, I knew at a very early age that I wanted to be what I thought was a stockbroker, not really knowing what all that mm -hmm. really meant. But I knew I wanted to be in investments and <clears throat> a financial planner as such. Well, when I graduated college with a degree in finance, I was charged and ready to go and thought I was going to do all those great things and in investments and in financial planning and the market didn't really lend itself to that. And I was also happened to be with a company that was, let's just say toxic. Oh. Um, and so that was a sounding alarm of, wait, am I in the right place? And I was introduced to a good friend of mine in the firm that I ended up working with and becoming the director of sales after about five years. And it was all tied towards really insurance and predominantly annuities. So there's where I was introduced to the world of, of an index and fixed annuities. Mm -hmm. Never heard of it. Never do they mention the word in college. Uh, or finance in any capacity, really the word annuity. And at the time it was so um, desirable from a description standpoint, not to get into all of that at this point, but it was a very refreshing environment and opportunity. And at the time I said, you know what, this sounds like a great fit. I went into the insurance side of things, wholesaling, if you will, and I never really looked back. And so that was how I was born into the insurance side of the financial services world, if you will. Uh, and, and it's been a heck of a ride. It's been a wonderful experience. A lot of people make the mistake, I think, of just casting insurance as a boring place, and uh, it, it's nothing—it's nothing, it's nothing uh, close to boring. I can promise you that. Now, and it's so interesting because when I finally got into this world of insurance, which was in 1990. Um, I thought it was fascinating. I was so excited. People would say to me, how do you get excited about insurance? I'm mm -hmm. like, it's not really about insurance. It's about what it provides. And once you decide like that you can protect people and you can take care of people, it's it's really, it is exciting. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. I, I, that was my, when I found that, I was like, okay, I am home now. 
Yeah, my innate passion, it, it took me many, many years to figure out why was I so interested in finance and mm -hmm. planning. And my mom, I was adopted at birth. My father passed away when I was very young. And really for a short stint, she married someone uh, and th that didn't work out well. So most of my childhood, I was raised by a single mother. And I had a, a sister, I have a sister who's seven years older than I am, who is very, very much like my mother and artistic and very, very, you know, uh, emotional and artistic and all of those things. All the things that finances aren't. Bingo, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> and so she was a private school teacher. If you know anything about private school teachers, they do not make an incredible living. No. So the source of her income was really her private school teacher salary and she was a master's degree so very very educated and very intelligent and so her social security from our you know deceased father and i can remember the mortgage was 865 dollars a month and there were many months where the power got turned off and she was working really really hard to make sure that she could just make ends meet and there were many tough nights and she would really lean on me more so than my sister uh to be that crying shoulder and so at a very early age i was exposed to what it felt like to not have resources. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think part of just how I was brought up was was to be a very hard worker at a very young age. I figured out how to make my own money and do side jobs. And, and, right. and I was naturally gravitated towards, I need to help people plan so that they are not faced in this environment. And, and that's a story <clears throat> that when you tell it, people can relate to it. And that's what this whole business is about. This mm -hmm. business is about relationships. And, and when you tell your story, they're, they're like, well, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's interesting. But no matter what we do and what we talk about, it always comes down to a few things. And one of them is being busy or productive. Mm -hmm. Some of us are very busy. Some of us are very productive, <laughs> one or the other. But there's also, you know, the conversation about time management. And time management also leads to that elusive work-life balance, which I truly believe there is no such thing. But how do you manage your time effectively? You're, uh, you know, you have a business, you are a husband, you're a dad. How do you make sure that you can actually manage yourself effectively when you have so many competing priorities? I will say it's not easy, that's for sure. I will say it is, I don't think it's possible to do it alone. Right. I think you need help, you need support, you need a sounding board, whether that's a business coach or a mentor, or preferably both, mm -hmm. uh, which I've uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, adopted both in the last number of years as, as your life, be as your kids grow and sports and you still have your own personal needs and wants. I mean, I need things that I need to do to make sure that I'm optimally, you know, in the right frame of mind as well as feeling healthy. <clears throat> Uh, being a good husband, being a good shepherd to my wife and to my family and to the business and, and to have those aspirations of growing the business. And that becomes, you know, when you're spinning a lot of plates, it becomes a challenge. So with that said, a couple things that I've learned is number one, get help and use help as a business coach and a mentor. And I have right. both Two, uh, if it's not on the calendar, it is not going to happen. Three, my time comes first, meaning I have to squeeze that extra hour out of the day first, otherwise it's not going to happen. And so those are a few things that I have, have really, really dedicated towards that help manage the time and really optimize productivity. So like the airlines say, put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else. Are you very strict with your boundaries? 
I would like to say so. However, I'm also <laughs> the person who who I can I can always do more. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of the oh, there's a new shiny object. Yeah. And then in time, I've I've come to try and become more mature and disciplined to the fact that no, no, no. At some point, you have your limitations, but that is a personal challenge of mine, without question. Yeah, I think that's true with with most people. You have to be so strict, and sometimes it's not fun to be strict. Mm -hmm. And you become, you know, that person that's just so, you know, everything is so structured. But you have to, yeah. especially when you own the business and you have people that you're responsible for and your family. Right. But I'm going to shift just a little bit because part of this is about mindset, and you know, my favorite topic is women because mm -hmm. that's who we. What I do. So many times women have to shift their mindsets, you know, about the boundaries or about the work-life balance. And, and I don't believe, like I said, I don't believe there's balance. I believe there's harmony. And harmony is wherever you are, you're present. So if you can find that harmony, that's going to be your balance. But there's so many times that, you know, women want to move forward in this industry and maybe it's not available. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes women want to be able to have flexibility and sometimes that's not available. So you have to change your mindset a lot. But a lot of times we also feel that men don't have to change their mindset because they got it. You know, it's just it's easy for them. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is there is there some way that, you know, you could help or or give us some steps that you take to change your mindset so that you're comfortable doing what you're doing and still being productive? Yes, I can answer that. Let me first ask, though, can you define to me harmony? Yes. Okay. So, which is a great question. So, if I am working and I'm 100% with you, mm -hmm. I'm here, I'm 100%. I'm not thinking about what I have to do later on or what I have to pick up this one or drop off this or whatever. I'm 100% here. So, right now, I am in perfect Engaged. harmony with you. Locked in. 100. Right. Present. Right. When I'm home, I'm 100%. Okay. Now, there are times that I teeter-totter over that line, but I feel it, and I know it, and I know it's not right. So when I'm with my husband, I want to be with my husband, okay? When I'm with you, I want to be with you. When I'm with someone else, I want to be there. When I'm, you know, giving a speech, I want to be there. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is harmony. There is no work-life balance because if it's 50-50, it doesn't exist. If it's 100 and 100, you're never going to find it. Mm -hmm. So to me, balance is harmony. That's balance. Does and, that make sense? And, absolutely. And so that that really shapes your mindset Correct. in many capacities through and through. Absolutely. So I struggle with harmony. <clears throat> um, I, I think I, I would give myself probably a B as okay. it relates That's to harmony. That's not bad, though. Right. Uh, it's passing. It's passing, although it's not 100%. <laughs> and that's the goal that we all strive to, to get to. Um, so to answer your question as it relates to mindset, it, you know, it, it's a very, very interesting uh, question and mindset and I think you go back to okay so in what capacity in what role uh, for me my mindset uh, is varies depending on where I am or what hat or what plate I'm spinning if you will mm -hmm. so am I am I in the capacity in the mindset where I'm actually working with one of our advisors right now and let's face it in many cases I'm more of a consultant and or Let's not, not necessarily a psychologist, but definitely an emotional sounding board. Let's Absolutely. just put it that way. Absolutely. And so there's one level of, of you know, the mindset that you had to put yourself in first. And then let me use the other end of the spectrum. Uh, let me use my children. And this is the one most fascinating things as a, as a parent. Same, same parents, 
same household, same home, same street, same community. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> That's what makes it interesting, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is one of the most challenging things that I have experienced in my life mm -hmm. with two boys and the you know the way I communicate and the mindset that I can have with one child versus another is drastically different. And so, to me, it, it, uh, mindset is is certainly can do attitude. That's mm -hmm. definitely where I where I live and I and I sit. Uh, and I try to accept and be very, very observant. I'm very individualistic as a person. So I'm very good at, at recognizing who you are, what skill sets you have, how you're kind of wired and made up. And I try and adapt to who you are and how I can be most effective in that relationship. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does. It does. Because, you know, I remember <clears throat> you brought something that that's very interesting. You, you, you make sure that you're you know relating to that person and so you talk to that person maybe differently than you talk to me or someone else but i do remember saying at one point that i take my lead from whoever i'm with mm -hmm. so if i walked into you know when i was in the height of my sales in insurance and i would walk in someplace and i would say hey how are you and they go fine I knew from that fine mm -hmm. that this was not a relational person. This was a transactional person. Mm -hmm. I also knew that it wasn't a chatty time. It wasn't a story time. It was get to the bottom line. Right. But if I walked in and said, how are you? I'm like, oh my goodness, let me tell you what happened this morning. Totally different. Totally different. I can tell by the hello how to react to somebody. And it's, it's also a different mindset that you have to be able to play you know, like move the chess pieces around. Right. You know, so it's, Absolutely. It's, it's different. But I also know that in this industry, women do really well. And there's a lot of women that come in. What doesn't happen is women don't always get to this next level. They, they just don't. And, and it's like the million dollar question, like, why is that? When I first started, I was one of the only or the only woman in any place that I was, you know, in any capacity, whether it was as a producer, as, as a sales leader, as an agency manager, it was just me mm. or whatever. Um, I wanted to make sure that there were more women coming into the industry because it's, about, it's based on relationships. Yeah. And when you read all the statistics about having women in business, you know, the bottom line is you do a lot better because they have different, a different perspective. It's different thought process. It's all of that. Yes. So I know that you have uh, you know, an incredible reputation. What are some of the ways to create that reputation to attract more top talent to your organization and perhaps more women? Mm. I would love to comment first and foremost on the the points of you know a female advisor and i want to make a few points to that before i answer the question one is they i would say they are significantly better suited and let's maybe constructed you know a less sensitive way to put the word but then the male counterparts mm -hmm. in many many capacities by and large they're generally significantly better at organization right. uh, two they are more better they are typically better at relationships mm -hmm. and communication and open communication and sharing of insights and emotions i also think that they by and large generally have less of an ego and willing to admit you know i a i need help b you know uh, i'm probably not the best person for this job so it's baffling to me that we don't see more women uh, operating at and owning this space 
because a lot of people would rather deal with men for one big reason. They're more decisive. They make the decision. They, they don't, you know, have to have a whole committee to, you know, and, and that's what a lot of, you know, as a female myself, I like to make sure that I get all the whole story. So I ask a lot of people. Mm-hmm. With men, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you're like this. I don't, so, yeah, I don't ask anybody. That's right. Or you maybe one person. But, but you just do it. That's the point. And so I think that that's one of the biggest reasons. They also have been in the industry much longer than women. So people feel that they have the experience and the expertise where women just have a different perspective. Yeah. So go ahead, continue. I, I would love nothing more than who I feel the rightful ownership, if you will, of, of women being significantly more profound mm-hmm. in the financial planning space. Um, okay, going back to your question, I digress. No, but it makes sense, it makes it, sense. So so if you want to you know, create a, you know, more opportunities for women. Yes. What is it that you're doing for your brand to attract that? Okay, so a number of things. One, <clears throat> how are we present in the, you know, females and associating to finance space? Well, right. That's l- literal the, definition, yes. we are we are yes. I am a male ally for the females and finance organization, Cheryl Hickerson doing an incredible job, 4000 plus members deep, not just women, predominantly women, but also their male ally network. So being very very dedicated to um financial planning and giving women power and the opportunities to excel, one, two, uh, (laughs) recognizing that the females are probably the best uh, in many capacities. We continue to hire on our team and bring on new team members that are females uh, and giving them real opportunity uh, to to really run the organization, if you will, and and really lean into them as professionals, and and not just the the position of because we talked about this at at one of our last conferences on a female panel of not just putting women in that administrative position, right. if you will, uh, no, uh, giving women authority, authority and uh, runway respect and all of the opportunities that exist for anybody else within the organization. And it is, here's a clean slate. What is it that you want? How do you define your vision of success in this company or in any company? And let's go help you make that happen. Yeah. And that, I think there's a really strong point there because you have to be able to answer that also. You know, like, what is your definition of success? Is it having 5,000 clients? Is it, you know, making X amount of dollars? What's your definition of it? And sometimes we don't have the answer to that. There's another thing we don't always have the answer to, and that's um, referrals. When when I want to give somebody a referral, I'll say to them, tell me who you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's three options. They'll either say, everyone, no. Right. They'll say, the I'm looking for somebody whose company does 500 billion and they have 54 you know, uh, employees. I'm like, I'm not HR and I'm not the bank. <laughs> Try it again. And so we, we don't know how to ask for those referrals because, right. you know, the referrals are the most expensive free lead because not everybody gets them. And I know like you and I were, were introduced as a referral from Cheryl. Um, you know, when she has, she has females in finance, mm-hmm. like what, what better way to create relationships, right? And so when she referred us, I was excited and I love the results. I love the things that we get to do together. And I know there's a lot more. So I guess the question is, in in the capacity that you're in, 
in the level that you're in, are you still looking for referrals? And how does that work for you? Is it you're looking for more talent? You're looking for more, um, what are you looking for? Yeah, uh, so in our, in our world, um, the day that we stop developing new relationships is the day that our business begins to erode and becomes dust in the wind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and for many reasons, one, attrition, advisors retire, advisors um, have the free will to do what they want with their business and, and we have to earn want. their That's business. Right. That's right. We have, to, we have to earn their business every day, every week, every month. Uh, and that keeps us on our toes. Um, additionally, um, <clears throat> I think it also helps to keep us driving forward. And there's a very important mindset that is required there to not be complacent, to not rest on our laurels per se, uh, to continue striving to keep ourselves sharp, educated, trained, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very important part. And I think not, not just us in our space, but also advisors get to that point in their career right. where it's like, okay, I've been throttled down for however long and I've rested off the throttle. Now I'm gonna put my hands up and just kind of take a nap. Uh, and that's a da- I think that's a very, very delicate balance and dangerous place to be. We don't wanna be there. right? Um, also, <clears throat> from an internal standpoint, it's, it absolutely is pursuing connections, personal introductions, ways that we can be introduced to talent and talent that we can welcome onto our team. Most importantly, is not just your skill sets and your natural abilities. I think that's an easier thing to find per se, the, 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 the X's and O's on a resume, right. it's culturally, are you a good fit for our team and our community internally, or are you going to be a cancer? And what do we, what is our job with cancer or cancer? You got to cut it out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very, very protective of the environment that we do have. I think that we do have a very, very good and nurturing and uh, cohesive culture. And I don't want to do any, that's probably my biggest hurdle is doing anything to disrupt that. To disrupt that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I remember having to um, uninvite someone on my team, <laughs> you know, I, I, because I mean, we that's were a very all, nice we, way to put well, it. We were all 1099, so you can't really fire somebody, but oh, you can uninvite. Understand. You know? But I remember, and he was a rock star. Like he wrote so much business, it was incredible. But he was a cancer mm-hmm. because at that point I was traveling back and forth between states, and every time I would leave, he'd undermine me. And I didn't realize like how many. What, why do I have to repeat these things like five thousand mm-hmm. times? And finally, somebody said, every time you leave, he undermines you. So he and I had a conversation, and um, and he said, well, you know, you shouldn't have that position. I should have that position. I'm like, okay, what? How do you see you doing this? He asked, long story short, um, he did something that was just inappropriate to mm-hmm. a lot of different people, and I asked him to leave. And that's when all the other advisors like took notice, like, oh my goodness, if she's getting rid of somebody at that level, she's not getting around. She's very protective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I totally agree the with The superstar. You got rid of the superstar. That's right. How yeah. could you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and of course, it hurts your bottom line, but honestly everybody else stepped up to the plate and they did amazing things. Absolutely, I say this all the time. I mean, in our business, it doesn't say on our head, you know, on our storefront, not for profit. Right. We are running a business, make, make no mistake of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we do care about hitting goals and, right. and revenue and doing all of those natural things. But more important to that has to be 
the environment and the culture that we work in day in and day out and it needs to be it needs to be a good fit and we have to eradicate cancers period right. absolutely <clears throat> so okay so we both know that there's hundreds and thousands of people that do what we do there, there are they're all mm -hmm. over the place but there's also things that are making people aware of what you're doing so what makes you your you and your company so different that people would want to come to you rather than all the other ones that are down the street what is it what's unique about you and you know what are you doing for not only your your advisors but for the potential clients what is it that's different yeah i think it, it two things uh one and i'll be honest with you i, I had i would have thought 10, 15 years ago that this would be less important uh, and a necessity to the environment that we find ourselves in. However, it's not. And, and I would challenge that this skill set that we provide our advisors and relationships in turn, their clients has only grown. And it is uh, human connection, you know, not digitizing every prop part of our business. Obviously, we want to be digital and efficient and all of those things. And yes, technology but, does but help that. it's still human to human. It is human to human. Yeah. And so I guess the word that I would say is service. You know, we probably would have thought 10, 15 years ago that the need for service and support in our, in our space would be less and less and less. And it's not, it's become more and more and more uh, because let's face it, I think the reality of, of what happened with COVID and m more technology and more remote working and a lot of these things that have driven into our working environment have really strained the quality of service and the standard of service from our manufacturers, which is the insurance companies. And, and it's left with the advisors interfacing with their clients that we, this is the reason why we do it, Right. period. It's to enhance the lives of those that we serve. And who do we serve? Our advisors and indirectly their customer. And so more, more and more, it's become very apparent to us that, and, and we excel at this in providing proper service and supports for advisors to be a true extension of their practice. And I think I would challenge advisors to also adopt that more and more with their clients as well. That's one area. The other really <clears throat> is so much of 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 our world now has become human interaction relationship driven and so we try to be very very thoughtful of the relationships that we do have create unique experiences that are memorable because let's face it what what's the difference between a stock a bond a mutual fund an annuity to some level you know what, what i have is not from a product standpoint any different than what you have right but what i can do is create really memorable relationships and bonds and and that is what's really lasting i think in in our business and how we create real personal connections and try to help our advisors also create real personal expense uh personal experience experiences and relationships with their customers yeah. do something different right um, right. push the boundaries a little bit, you know, uh, encourage your customers to have, um, emotion, adrenaline, maybe push them outside of their normal comfort zone, encourage them to do something, take the, your guests and do something that they wouldn't ordinarily do, right. not to where they would be, you know, oh completely, gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. but identify who they are and do something that really can make a difference in their life. And we really do try and do that. Yeah. 
No, I, 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 I totally see that, and I hear <clears throat> it, and it makes sense to me. I will tell you that when I left the field and I went into corporate, it was very toxic for me, so I left after a few years. Um, and I remember going back and thinking, like, if I was starting all over, what would I have wanted? And what would it be that would, would draw me in? And I would have wanted somebody that understood being a single mom or understood, like, what, what the challenges are. And then, you know, pushed me when I needed pushing, but loved me when I needed loving. And so I never had that. So that's who I became. Mm-hmm. I became that person. So when I go into companies and I do coaching or training or whatever, they, I get them. Because I, I was that. that. That's who I was. Mm-hmm. But I also know how it is to bring them up and to give them the tools that they need. And so, you know, my tagline is women want to be treated equally, not identically. We don't want to be one of the men, but we certainly want the opportunities. And so it works. Yeah. It just works. I, I love that. I mean, I love the, the element. Of, I mean, I was raised by two women, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, it is OK that we are different. You're, right. You're a woman. You know, I'm a man of a male and and there are strengths that we both have. Right. Why don't we figure out a way that we can lean into each other's strengths and respect that and make them assets, not liabilities. The 100 percent. Now, the requirement is that I cannot have an ego and I need to truly believe in your abilities. Right. And I think all too often men have this guard or this perception or their perspective has been shaped in a capacity that maybe disallows them or it's a real hurdle for them to get beyond that. Right. Uh, You really, really have to believe in the strength and the power of women without it being a boundary in any capacity. Right. And and that's not always the easiest thing to do. I remember speaking somewhere and in the the middle of my talk, there was a man in the back and he's raising his hand and he said, can I ask you a personal question? You have to be really careful with that when there's a mm-hmm. room full of people, like hundreds <laughs> of people, and somebody wants to ask you a personal question. And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And like, I'm holding on. You right, know, just, what is he gonna what, ask? And he, he asked me a very interesting question. He said, you talk about male champions, male allies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think I might be one, but I know I wanna be one. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a brilliant question And like everybody, like it was almost like, you know, when Charles Schwab talks, everybody's listening. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I I told him a couple of different things. He said, oh, I do that. I knew I was doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's part of this whole thing with the ego or the lack of ego or the mindset or the confidence or whatever. But we both have it. And I think we just have to learn to technical turn, mush them together. Yeah, I've always for many years, it was like, man, just work, you know, harder or work smarter. Right and smart not hard or hard not what what about if i actually work hard and, and smart. smart it doesn't have to be either or yes. it could be and and for male and female why don't we figure out how to work male and female right and the sky is is is, yeah. is, is the limit 100 percent. yeah i used to buddy men and women up and send them out on the road and just say you know you learn from her you learn from him i hate the either or I know. I'm just so done with it. I'd much rather and. Yeah. Yeah. A big difference. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. So where can our listeners find out more about you, what you do, what you're looking for, and what you're excited about for 2023? Well, our little podcast is the Optimized Advisor Podcast by the name. We we seek to engage with other advisors in the community. And it, it, it's a very, it's a passion project. Uh, it, it's also indirectly a way that we can hopefully communicate to the relationships mm-hmm. that we do have. Because let's face it, as, as any organization grows, 
I would say the leader of that organization is less directly connected to those that help build the, you right. know. Uh, and so in some distorted way, I guess, I, I, I started doing the podcast as a way to create communication, if you will, and to still have communication to the advisors that we do work with. And so uh, we try to fit three main categories, helping advisors optimize their life. That's the funnest topic optimize their practice that's the the more really you know shop talk if you will and then learn from other optimized advisors where i push the envelope a little bit there and bring in other entrepreneurs because i think you know an entrepreneur it, whether i sell investments or insurance or hotel chains you know um, they're very much similar yeah so anyways optimizeadvisorpodcast.com producers choice network is our company um, that is how we generate a living, and that's producerschoicenetwork.com. You could find us on LinkedIn and all the social media platforms as well. Awesome. Last question. What are you excited about for 2023? Um, so very short term, we've been building a home for the last year and a half. We're finally going to be moving in. That's, that's a personal distraction. So I say that because... Um, for anybody who's built a home, they know that yes. that's quite yes. demanding. Uh, I am very, very much excited. We have not had rates like this uh, in our business in 12 to 14 years. I kid you not. Wow. And so with that is bringing uh, incredible amount of opportunity and revenue. Uh, I do not foresee that to change. Uh, it's an interesting environment that we find ourselves in both domestically and globally, for sure. Uh, what's going to happen of the economy in the next six to 12 months? Uh, Definitely, we see that the saving size, the safety side of things are going to be the place to be. Uh, so I'm excited to see how that unravels uh, and unfolds and develops. Um, I think it's just an incredible business and an opportunity that we find ourselves in the next year to three years and, and enjoy the ride. Well, I, mm -hmm. I think that it's a good way to end the show. So thank you so much for being with me. It's just, this has been awesome. I can't wait to return the favor for you. And um, I just appreciate you. Thank you very, very much for having me. Absolutely. Until next time. Until next time. So thank you all for being with us on Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman, where I get to bring the most amazing men, <laughs> champions, and women. And it's just, it's always fun. So until next time, we'll see you soon.